A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon as we are 52 weeks a year. Yes, we never miss a weekend, even in the off-season, even when one member of the team is absolutely hanging physically and mentally after taking part in a testimonial alongside some legit rugby players. More on that in a little bit. And how are you, JB? I'm alright, I'm alright, I'm hungover, but... I'm in a good place. <laughs> How you doing, Phil? Uh, also a little bit hungover. Um, but yeah, okay. Gen- generally okay. I'm a little bit buzzed currently. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm pre-hangover currently. So yeah, <laughs> probably you... shouldn't be. Probably shouldn't be broadcasting. Uh, if I was, I, I wouldn't go onto Virgin Radio as I am now. No. But I'd quite happily do this podcast. <laughs> you, you've been partying with Andy Burnham, is that right? He was one of the people at the, wow, at the, at the function I was at. The great... so, Craig Parkinson, who was on Line of Duty. Um, no, which one's that? It, I, I didn't watch it. Is that so, Steve Onet? Um, Phil, wear, Phil just, is just typing, so he's got my back on this one. Was, was he, he was a lovely man. Was he wearing a waistcoat? Uh, no, he was wearing a very, very, nice, very nice jacket, that's him. That chap? Uh, I don't know. I've only oh. he, was wearing, he was wearing that exact blue jacket this evening. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I that picture. <laughs> no, he's, he's not one of the good guys, then. He was one of the bad guys. I don't know who he was in Line of Duty. Nice guy. Uh, he, he lives in Manchester. Yeah, it sounds like legit Manchester royalty over mm. there. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Anyway, I'm, I'm glad to be here. And But my story is pale into, into insignificance. So on this podcast, which, as I say, we do 52 weeks of the year, and whereas you know other podcasts you can listen to uh, might have... Well, 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 you can't because they're not doing anything. Well, you can't listen to them. And for that reason, if you haven't already... Has the fact we're 52 weeks a year of a year not earned your, that you clicking that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Acast, Spotify, or anywhere else? And patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. If you appreciate it and you're able uh, to support, there are some little uh, kickbacks we can offer you there. So patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. Um, but yeah, my story's pale into insignificance. We're, we're going to talk about a couple more premiership teams ahead of the new season a few more in fact we're going to look at some stories around the game in the last week but we have a rugby story we have a rugby game to review Mm. that happened only yesterday phil we do did you keep tabs on the on on the big game of the weekend i did i kept one eye on the big game of the weekend yeah we've we've been sent um various videos and pictures from various different sources i don't know how they managed to capture those videos unless you were filming the whole thing but uh well first and foremost let's straighten one thing out um you both owe me an apology. 
Um, and you need to uh, actually reinstate me as winner of the, win, winner of the quiz. <laughs> oh, the quiz last week. Right, so well, firstly, we need to, if, if anyone's not sure what game we're talking about, Ben Moon's testimonial at Exeter Chiefs happened, Exeter Chiefs happened yesterday at Sandy Park. A, an all-star cast, plus JB, took yep. part in, uh, in, in, a, in a game. Uh, JB was teammates with Stuart Hogg, among others. I well, yeah, uh, yeah. I told Hoggy a few things that, like, went to pass the ball. He gave me a, a great pass for probably try of the day, actually. Thinking like, <laughs> uh, so I tried in under the sticks. Um, I watched the video of that try. What was peculiar though is how it looked like the team you were playing against had already, like, were already walking up to start to take the kick off before you'd actually ah. scored the try. What, what? Well, they knew I was going in. So, jb has got the ball. So inevitable. It's like Tom Vondell. So Tom Vondell played, played on our team as well, right? Uh, he's still in great shape. Um, now, his secret is he doesn't really ever run because it's the threat of pace, not the actual pace, which is the killer. So as soon as Vondell's got the ball, I was like, oh, forget it. Yeah, he, he's no chance. Score. So everyone, everyone's, everyone's stopped, everyone stops chasing. Well, uh, you know, after experiencing my pace for, what, 40 odd minutes, basically the same sort of thing happened. So I got uh, Hoggy gave me the ball on a switch. Everyone just like, what's the point? What's the point? <laughs> and the quiz you referred to last week was where Phil did a brilliant quiz and noticed that on the Lions website, Sam Simmons was listed as 90 kilograms. So he asked us to guess the weight of Sam Simmons. Well, I actually to guess what he was listed as on the yes. Lions website rather than guess his weight. Yes, mm. and uh, JB was still, even though he was playing in an all-star cast and had people <laughs> like Sam Simmons around him, f- first and foremost in JB's mind was the pain of losing the quiz last weekend on that question. Well, I, so I was, um, I had a beer with Don Armand and Yannis Kirsten. Mm. I was like, boys, have you seen a uh, Simo? Because I need to weigh him, so um, <laughs> so 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 they found so they found him. We weighed him, a hundred hundred and seven to hundred nine, depending on you know how you know how you're feeling. He's one hundred nine at the minute. Hundred nine. He, he says he's maybe a t- teeny bit heavy, but there's a couple of weeks before the season starts. Yeah, Ooh. and they're getting into their fitness now, so they've got a rather nasty fitness test on Monday. So quite a lot of the boys who were. Back in work because some of them aren't because of the lions and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. They are not doing the test, so they could afford to have a few more drinks. But they got all quite worried and quite serious about doing. I can't remember what kind of test it is, but basically it's lots of on on your chest, back up, on your chest, back up, to the point that a lot of them were taking it easy on Saturday night in preparation for Monday morning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I tell you what, I can't say enough good words about that club. Absolutely awesome. Everyone you meet there is very very nice. I I um. Chewed off Tony Rose here for a good good ten minutes. Yeah. Did you? Yep. Give him some re- good advice. Re- yeah, I told him exactly um how you can turn the uh turn the Sunny Park into something you know, like the AJ Bell. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they can have a real club down there. Leg- legitimately, what was the oh, you, don't, you don't have to tell us the content no. of the chat, but what was the chat with Tony Rowe like? What's he like? I just wanted to um say hello to him. I just wanted to get his views on bits and you know, bits and pieces. Uh it was really interesting. Really, really, really interesting bloke. And he's gonna be, isn't he? You know, he's the CEO of an incredible rugby club. Um, he's got history, uh, you know, military, speed, speedboat racing, keep, like keeps fire engines. You know, how are you not going to be interesting? <laughs> so, yeah, it was, yeah, just you know, like everyone else, sir. very, very nice, very, very welcoming. And just to conclude, your, you weighed Sam Simmons. Um, you literally, well, picked, <laughs> you literally picked him up. We, 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 JB sent Phil and I a video of him grabbing 
Sam Simmons. Sam Simmons was quite happy to be lifted and weighed. Oh, but I explained it for a quiz, yeah. For James, yeah. It's a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Wonderful. And and as for the game, did you feel like you gave a good account of yourself? Yeah, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was fairly nervous. I didn't know what to expect, right? And um, as I was about to go out, I said, said, said to Julian Salvis, like, um, you know, uh, what's the standard going to be like here? And he just turns around to me and goes, oh, I'll be fine if no one's a, C- um, if no one's a C-U-N-T. It's like, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But after the, the, I, it's absolutely fine. What uh, did he mean by that? As in, every, if everyone plays it in the spirit of a testimonial? Yeah, so yes. allegedly, some of the other testimonials have gone one of two ways. Which is, they sort of degenerated into almost like a, a post-training run, which is kind of what ours did, in fairness, towards the end. Or... One guy goes in too hard, and then everybody Everyone goes in goes too in, hard. Yeah. And there are some players you can just see, they just can't really turn it off, or they can't really play you know, at 50%. So um, I'll give you an example. I think if Julian... Oh, you are going to give an example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So like, um, I was playing with Rob Hawkins. And like, this guy's flat. I mean, he's not playing at his hardest, but he's playing substantially harder than me when I'm playing at my hardest. <laughs> so he's just flying around like, I don't want any of that. <laughs> and at one point, I found myself in perfect jackling position. I was about to go for the ball, like, no. Don't do that, because we've agreed not to jackal. Okay, so uh, yeah. Well, I think it was going to go relative. It was going to go well if Julian Salvi was the one saying rein it in, because he's one of those guys that oh, you, you can imagine well, he yeah. would be wired to just be really competitive think, all the time. I think yeah. what he was saying is, if no one else goes hard, I won't go hard. <laughs> yeah, I think, that, yeah. I, think, I think that's what he was saying. Yeah, it's like a warning as well. Yeah, like if you guys take it easy. I will take it easy. Okay, if deal. You, <laughs> if you guys don't Absolute take deal. it easy. And how did you organise lineouts and stuff? Uh, lineouts. Uh, well, we we had, we had a pretty good lineout team actually. So we had four jumpers. Mm-hmm. We went. We did a practice on on, um, on the Friday. Um, and, and also, everyone's really really good at rugby. Uh, yeah. I don't see anything. They might be a bit old, but they're all still really really good. So they can all hit their lines. Everyone can. I mean, being lifted uh, was. A, was unbelievable. You just flew up. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. flew up. Who was who was lifting you when it happened? Uh, Cho- <laughs> Mo- Maury Lowe, the Scottish. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Charlie Walker Blair. Uh, Mo- Maury Lowe, another one who's just excellent fun on the beers. Um, yeah, it, it was just a phenomenal weekend. Uh, what was the. Yeah, the really cool thing about it, right, is obviously people can't go hard. So it's very difficult for forwards to show off what they can do. Not difficult for the backs to show off uh, what. But, you know, potentially they were all about. Matt Jess is still unbelievably quick. Just the way he moves his feet in front of mm. you. Steenson, unbelievably, still has the best left-handed pass on the planet. They, they were two of the originals, weren't they? Matt yeah. Jess and uh, Steen, Steeno. Uh, there at I mean, the start with Ben Moon. Steeno was still playing 12 months ago, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Dolman moves well. Noli was playing. Um, I thought I was in for a try, but Noli managed to uh, steal the ball off me as I was over, like, over the double line. Yeah, was, uh, chase- oh, really? yeah. I, I was chasing a ball in the first five minutes when it when it actually mattered. I thought I'm, I'm going to get this, but no, Noli uh, got it. And then I tried to tackle him, and he disappeared. He's very good. I imagine. <laughs> I imagine he's quite handy. Yeah, very, very, very good. Uh, and to be fair to those two boys, I don't know how much money is playing on that field, but it's probably the best part of 700k between the two of them. They did the whole game pretty much, except for maybe ten minutes. Good lads, awesome. Yeah, and and have a few beers afterwards. Yes, they did. Yeah, good lads. So yeah, all round. Great, great lads. I have, yeah. I, I have to say, watching the videos and seeing the pictures, I, I'd had a few beers yesterday afternoon as they were coming through. I, I felt quite 
quite proud watching you out there. I know exactly what you mean, <laughs> Phil. I totally know what you mean. It sounds patronising to say, but I really, I mean it. Yeah, you look good. Well, to, to be honest, I saw the crowd. I saw the players. Some of the, you know, the, like the shape of Tom, Tom Johnson is unbelievable. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. He's in better shape now than he was then. I'm just looking at the super athletes, and I thought, yeah, I belong here. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly where I should yeah. be. Do you? Do you was there a moment on after the game on the Saturday where you're like, oh, if, if only things had been different, if I'd have maybe if I'd have just pushed myself and gone up a few a few levels when I was a bit younger. If I'd yeah. discovered CrossFit, yeah, if only. <laughs> uh, Dan Mugford's discovered CrossFit and he was playing twelve for us, and he played very very well. Very mm. well. But that doesn't surprise you. That's why he's got games for sale. He played against Toulon and yeah, all the rest of it. Tommy Tommy Bell played ten for us, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. After the game, I asked Rob Baxter. I said to him, look, I'll give you a discount if you give me two years. Otherwise, <laughs> market value. <laughs> so he's not gone back to me yet, but we'll see. We'll see. But I've, uh, a wonderful rugby club, Exeter Chiefs, where there's no doubt about that. Mm. Yeah, phenomenal. Ph- phenomenal place. You can see why, you know, why they get, uh, get, a good, get a good crowd in. There's 4,000 there. There's 4,000 for a testimonial. Mm. Some rugby clubs don't get that for you know, league games. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal club. Wonderful and their stuff. new stand is nearly done. So when that's up mm. and they get a packed house at Sandy Park, it's going to be bloody difficult awesome. to go to. Yeah, yeah not, not that it's an easy place to go to anyway, but... Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So how, how do you want to push on from here? Because we've got, we've got three clubs to look at as yep. we preview the, the Premiership. There's, there are, there's some things that have been going on around the rugby world. Um, we've been sent a quiz... Um, which, mm. which which we can sneak in there somewhere as well. So what, what would you like? JB, as uh, you choose. Um, why don't we review a club? Hang on. Let's do the two lower clubs, the, then a quiz, and then the senior club of the three that we're going to do. Wonderful. Okay. So the, the clubs, it's going to be uh, Northampton. Wonderful. Then Sale, then Brizzle. Ah. Oh, lovely. As for, as for Saints, what business have they done in the off season? Because it's been a pretty quiet one for them, hasn't it? I think so they brought a couple of people in. So two they, South Africans, is it not? Yeah. So they brought in a big South African number eight, John Augustus, um, uh, and they've got a back row, second row. Is it tanky or trucky or something like that? Uh, they call him the truck. The truck. Well, so Augustus, the, the big number eight. Is a big boy. Ah, uh, right. Maybe him then. Um, he looks enormous. He's listed as 116 kg, eight and a, 18 and a bit stone. I think he looks bigger than that from the pictures. He I've does seen. Thing, like big hips, wow. and big strong boy. And they've got um, Skozan, Courtney Skozan, an exciting um, outside back, the 30 year old outside back, so winger primarily, um, who is capped by the Springbok. I feel the like they've got someone else as well. Uh, I'm just looking down the list that I've got in front of me. They've got uh, Lomani, Frank Lomani, the uh, Fijian scrum half, but I think he can play a bit like Matuala. He can play yeah. elsewhere. Um, and uh, they've got um, Nansen, Brandon, Brandon Nansen, from Bre- uh, who's a Samoan, um, or Samoan capped, but um, Kiwi born, who is a 120 kg. Lock, okay. So sounds decent. He is a big boy. Yeah. yeah, been playing in France. So they've they've got some big bodies from 
foreign climbs to supplement their young English squad that have that have emerged in the last couple of years. They've, they haven't lost a lot of players. Sean Aidendorf is one I can think of. Yeah, he's gone to Pro Um Owen Franks, but that was he's retired and playing amateur rugby now. I think I saw a picture of one of the Franks boys playing amateur rugby. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's not not an enormous amount of important outs there, I don't think. But it is it will be the the important thing will be the development of the the young talent that they've got there. Yeah, because there there is there's a lot of good players, but they all need to keep progressing. So someone like George Furbank, who was playing so well a couple of seasons ago that he got capped by England, um, and I think probably dropped off a little bit to the point where. Um, Tommy Freeman who came in arguably could have been or should have been pushing him a bit further and mm. um, Furbank covered 10 a little bit when while Bigger was out which also goes to say yeah you, there's lots of great examples of players coming through and, and stepping up but some of the players that have stepped up in previous years took a little step down Furbank being one and, and as you say Furbank was stepping in at 10 partly because James Grayson is one of the people that just Drop down a level from where we anticipated he might be. Well, you know, let's cast our minds back maybe four years ago, and you'd say if their trajectory had carried on, Malander would be one of the best players Harry, in the in, yeah. in in the Premiership. Probably You're right. Harry Malander's another. Now mm. there were times when Harry Malander would play. I saw him at the AJ Bell, um, and he was the only player in Northampton that I thought was any good. Um, and he was pinging the ball everywhere. He looked absolutely brilliant. Everything he touched, um, you know, went fairly well. There is a problem with him, which is I'm not entirely sure anyone really knows where he plays. Obviously, he played ten for the under 19s or under 21s, whatever it is. He's played a bit of twelve. He now says he's for fifteen. Well, there's a lot of competition at Northampton for fifteen. So whether well, he's going to continue there or not? Well, <laughs> um, so Malander is a notable departure, actually. Has he gone? Has he gone to Japan? To Japan, yeah. I was just mm. looking for him in the squad list, and he's gone to uh, Tokyo Black Rams. Wow. So Wow. And, and I, I mean, exactly the, the problem that you just said there. When Chris Boyd first came in, I was like, Chris Boyd has, has got to be one of the best men at, at identifying and maximising the talent that Malander clearly I know the clearly name you were going to mention. Yeah. Uh, Jordy, Bar- Jordy, Jordy Barrett. Barrett. He, he, yeah, he was England's Jordy Barrett. Yeah, it could, could have been. I can't could have believe been. that that guy has left England. That's mm. astonishing. That's got to be short term. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's had... He did have some bad injuries. Yeah, and he might have just decided that... What, injuries could mean his career is over in six months, 12 months, or any very short period of time. He might have just said... Let's go for have the I mean, maximum uh, money. Did, did he have headaches? Is that the reason that he didn't play? No, no. He had he had shoulder. He had he's had mul- multiple shoulder injuries among several injuries. But yeah. I, I think he's had a couple of shoulder operations. Uh, I, I don't know where I got. I seem to remember having a knee issue. Yeah, a few knee years issue as well. Ago. He's had long layoffs. Yeah. He's hardly he's played a handful of games in the so, last couple of seasons. Yeah. So I think with Saints, it's they need to sort of. They need to evolve from where they are. So they've got a style of play, and I think Chris Boyd's style of play is quite obvious because he talks about you know things like the size of the locks. If he has two massive locks, does that mean that they can't do as much work work on the park and they not uh, co- cover as mu- cover as much ground? What what is the trade off? I think he's very very aware of this stuff, but I think that's a model that they take from New Zealand and you apply it to the Premiership. And he's still as good as he's been in certain years. Um, I think he's still trying to adjust exactly what he knows from New Zealand into a premiership a premiership format. And the sooner that they do that and kind of get to terms with it, I think they'll be 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 a lot better. 
And you, you, can, you can see it at times, because at times they are absolutely, absolutely brilliant. But then others, you just feel that they either lose their way or they're uh, a little bit less than, less, than, less than some of their parts. They've also, the last few years, have had the problem of they've got one of the best fly house in the world, yep. but he's not always available because he's an international and he does have a track record of injuries and concussion. Yeah. So to, to lose, like, to have your starting fly half maybe available, I, I guess, half of the games last season. Yeah. Um, this season will be more, but not an enormous amount more. I uh, guess in the back, and in the back row as well, I wonder if when they're carrying the ball, I mean, you can have one guy who's a little bit like Jul, uh, Julian Severe. Julian Severe? The other Severe. Ardy. Ardy Severe. But can you have two? Because I know it sounds good, but they've got two relatively small back rows in Harrison and um, Ludlow. Ludlum. Yeah, and Ludlow. They seem to like do they're the same thing. Ferocious though. Oh, they're the yeah. strongest. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're both the strongest pound for pound carrier, or you know, one and two in the Premiership. Yeah, with um, Sam Simmons being up there as well. Yeah, but ultimately but they are still lightweight. So if you look at Sam Simmons, that's a great example of the Sam Simmons tax, where you've got to have Don Armand and Yanis Kirsten and. Whoever Mullen. else it is, and, and, yeah, Mullen, and Dave Ewers, yeah. you know, to make to make up the ballast. So, could you go with two Sam Simmons? I don't think as good as he is. I don't think you would do it. And they 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 had some success with Adendorf last year, who is a bigger player and was he, he played well. But I think that's the hope for Augustus, who they've brought in, who is a big. He will that's be a, a big great name for, yeah. for, a, for Juan, a big ball carrying number eight. Augustus. Juano <laughs> Augustus. Love it. Yeah. Because um, yeah. um, Ludlum has been made club captain. That's right, right. yes. Um, so, obviously, he the focus will be on him. He is a great player. He's a really, really, really talented player. Um, I think you'll probably get him with Harrison at six. Ludlum at seven, Harrison at six, and... Augustus starting at eight. Yeah, and Ludlow might be the perfect Premiership back row because he is extremely good and he is just outside international England yeah. team, which is yes. it's the perfect the, one from Northampton's perspective, not from Lewis Ludlam's perspective. Yeah, and you've still got Tom Wood there, who yeah. is a very experienced operator, can cover right across the back row, mm. um, and, and who's a very good it, it looks like a very good club man and a bloke to be around. Yes, agreed. The, the other thing you'd have to talk about with Northampton, their game is predicated on getting parity, no more, but no less, at set-piece time, and that is an area they've had major issues with. Yeah. And when they can achieve that, they look great. Yeah. Uh, they are, they're too ambitious in, 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 in a lot of ways. I mean, I don't know if you remember last year when or maybe the year before, when they weren't doing quite so well, they went on a bit of a losing streak. The reason is because everyone knew what they were going to do. They wanted to play it wide constant, constantly. So, yeah, they need to um, get on top of their set piece, because, you know, obviously you do, and you need to make sure that you are, again, as boring as it sounds, winning the game line, because then um, you can do it. And when you look stuff. at Bristol, who obviously we will talk about um, at a later point, but when you, talk about, when you look at Bristol, Pat Lamb did make an adjustment. When he first came into the Premiership, it was attack all the time, yeah. every time. Mm-hmm. And he quickly realised the limitations of that and that you need to have something else. And I think Chris Boyd, by the sound of it, was getting some bigger bodies in. I think I'm hopeful that Northampton might be turning that particular corner and, and mixing their game a little bit 
Yeah. I, don't, I don't want them to change the fundamental DNA of what they do because that's what Chris Boyd does and that's the talent that they yeah. have actually got. Exactly. Yes. So, you know, you want Hutchinson on the ball. Yeah. You want all of these lads who... Yeah. I mean, they've got so many good young lads coming through. The future is incredibly bright for them because I imagine they're not paid a tremendous amount compared to if you used to buy, the, buy those exact same lads. Mm. So if you're you know, going to buy Slight Home, Furbank, Freeman... Paying a lot of money. Paying a lot a of cash. Lot, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're they're in a very good place, and they're in they're they're a team that can get better with what they've already got. Yes, definitely. And in, to to the point around the set piece, two relatively young English tightheads in Paul Hill and Aaron Painter will be key if if they can continue to develop and continue to get better and shore things up. As I, I think they probably did more towards the end of last season. They did. Um, then that that will be a massive boost for them. Yeah, and the. And the other one which is interesting is the rehabilitation of Nick Autorak. I, I don't know if he's still still there, if it's a one-year deal or, deal or what. But, yeah, they got him playing some good rugby for the first time in about three, four years. And he's a big, strong boy. And another big, strong boy with potentially some rehabilitation, um, Nairavoro. Yes. Now, he is, on his day, absolutely lethal. But last year he was in and out of the squad, in and out of performing... Um, I hope he's had a really good preseason, and I hope he's focused because at his best, he is unstoppable. He's one of the most exciting wingers in the world because of the destruction that he can cause. Yeah, I wonder if we put him in the same category as someone like uh, PS Beast, which is just too talented to be really that good <laughs> on a consistent basis. Possibly, possibly. Because he just he's just drifts in it. Mentally it drifts. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't even like rugby. <laughs> that's the kind of that's the kind of guy is. It's just his calling, his physical calling is to is to play rugby. He, he's six foot five, one hundred and thirty kg, uh, run fast, and can run very very fast. Yeah, the physical calling. Like if we were in a different year, if we were in like primitive times, he would be like a male lion, he, alpha, alpha male lion. He would just he would lie around all day, and every now and again get up and bash someone on the head with a rock to, would, pr- to protect his people. He would do it in a castle. He's yeah. in several castles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, so the Northampton for me, right? If they're playing well, here is the, the barometer is how effective is Harrison? Because if he is getting over, get, getting over the game line, if he looks abrasive, if he's you know, chucking people around and you know threatening people like he tends to do, then they'll be successful. But when he goes quiet, Northampton go quiet. Mm. And I actually think it's the same thing with Courtney Laws as well. If Courtney Laws isn't on the field; mm. they lose that fire, which, which um, fire which they need. They are a different team with those with those two boys on. And if they're both on and Harrison is firing, well, then they've got a chance of winning pretty much any game. Well, let's, let's hope Big Courts does play a lot more because he was injured for the back end of last season, mm. uh, and he is he's a big loss when he's good. I mean, he's a world class. Lock slash six. So I think they should play him at six. I, I think, think he, I think he played. Play I think he's played most of his rugby over the past couple of years for Northampton at six. Yeah, but then it's sort of what do you do with the rest of you? You know, if you're talking about getting your best pack out, I mean, Ribbons is probably their their best. Lock. Another perfect profile Premiership yeah. player. Twenty two games. Well, a, a, a avoiding injury. Yeah. Probably just miss. Only just missing out on the England squad. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Third yeah. is another good lock. Um, Moon. Sorry, did I say? Sorry, Moon. How have I made Bird up? Have I got that wrong? Dominic Bird. Alex Moon. Alex Moon. Moon is the one that I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
so if you want to get out your best pack, do you go with yeah, those Ludlum, two, those or, 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 or do you accommodate um, Ludlum and a number eight, and then Harrison? Mm. What do you do? Well, you got you could go. I think it's, I think it's Laws six, Ludlum seven, and one other. Be it Wood, Harrison, or Augustus. Harrison play. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it feels like you do lose something, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe you do want Laws in in the second row. Uh, especially if you've got a bigger body alongside him, mm. um, someone like Rybuns. They've got options. Uh, so they were. Six, That's the one I'm thinking six... of. Um, Rawa, him. Oh, uh, Ratuni Yarawa. Yeah, because yes. I actually think he does make a big difference. He is good. Yeah, and he's a bigger bodied lock yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, so where do you think that, think that they're going to finish? So like last season, last year, fifth, fifth, fifth last season. Um, albeit because Saracens come in, everyone steps down one. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking about it like that. They won as many as they lost. They um, won 11, um, lost 11. So uh, is that the same as Bath? Bath won 10, lost 12. Okay. Same as Leicester. Uh, now, and how the table far were I'm, they the table off I'm, top four? The table I'm looking at doesn't have, uh, it doesn't give the COVID walkovers in this. Oh, so yeah. Take, take those figures with a slight um, caveat on them. Um, they were quite a long way off the top four. So they finished on 57 points. Harlequins finished on 71 points, so it's a 14-point gap. Mm. And that's Quins won two additional games. They drew one game, but also they got more bonus points. Ah, right, so okay. Quins got 15 bonus points. It's going to be yeah. so competitive. It's, this season's going to be awesome. So uh, I, would have said, I would have said fifth again, but... Um, Saracens coming in. Saracens are in. And also, I'm sure giving fifth away three or, three or four times. So I, I, I think Leicester will finish above them this year. Yeah, I agree with that. That's the change in this. I, I think Northampton will still be top half, um, just or certainly top seven because top of seven, the extra, yeah. extra position. There, there is... Because um, yeah. mm. when it comes when it does come to Autumn Internationals, I know they won't miss as many Premiership games because it's a normal season, so they might miss a few Premiership games, not as many as they did last year. But when you take out Dan Bigger and Courtney Laws... Yeah. And... No, that's not really... Not really yeah. many others, is there? Hutchinson could, but wasn't really. So maybe they'll fare quite well. So but Dan Bigger is massive. They they, they need yeah. they need. Yeah, my... interesting. Okay, yeah, they're, they they're, could, not, they're just... not actually going to miss that many. So the others who could do guys like Ludlum or Harrison, who probably won't. Um, Furbank, who probably won't. Hutchinson, who probably won't. Pierce Francis, who probably won't. So there's there's not. Many there that are no. going to be missing. The, okay. the, the two big ones are, are two of their biggest leaders and best players yeah. are bigger and and court. They're in the unusual position alongside Leicester Tigers. Have been already a good team with the potential to improve organically, and that's important. How much they can improve, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd say so. They were fifth last year. Saracens will go above them, and I, I think, think Leicester. Really, really, I think Saracens will. I'm starting to think differently about Saracens because. They've lost a lot of lads. A lot of lads have got. Well, they're going to lose a lot of lads at international time. And? And they're not going to have as deep a squad to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have this double whammy, aren't they, of losing their lads to England. And then when they come back, they're going to have to play. It's, it's no more It's no more being able to sit on the couch whilst uh, Will Skelton does all the big lifting for, for you. You've actually got to play. So they, I can see them being in a world of pain. This isn't the Premiership of old for them. This is a completely different competition. 
They obviously earned their money. And their squad's got, what, two two years older since we last saw it. You don't get better. Uh, it depend, depends who you are. Mario Torgi's probably better in the last two years because he's still, he's still arguably not even hit his peak. Well, maybe, but I just don't think a year in the championship improves a player like that. Maybe it does, Ben. We'll know. see. Maybe, maybe well, we're, we're going to find out. I, I, I tend to agree. I think they'll be around that sixth. So sixth I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking sixth or seventh will be where Northampton will finish. Yeah. But a, a fair wind and a good set piece, and they could elevate. They could yeah. Also... Yeah, the right, the right players being available at the right times and a good run of fixtures. But yeah, sixth or seventh for me. Yeah. So Richard Cockrell's joined Eddie Jones's uh, England coaching setup officially. We mentioned it that it was rumoured uh, a couple of weeks back, but uh, Cockers is in. I think he'll do all right. You know, I think he'll do all right. I think his style of coaching is good for uh, internationals and some big characters there. Yeah, in that squad. It's, I, I, it seems like almost like a like for like replacement, <clears throat> both in terms of the the role but also the man for John Mitchell. Well, John Mitchell apparently is reborn. Like he's a completely different guy now. We forgot to mention him last week when we were talking yeah, about Wasps. Yeah, I can't believe that. Yeah, what amateurs? Um, <laughs> yeah, allegedly he's all come by R and you know nicey nicey. <laughs> so I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know what to believe. <laughs> uh, but no, Richard Cockrell and Eddie Jones. I was like, there's there's two peas in the same from the same pod. So the Eddie Jones thing is quite interesting because he seems to be always changing his coaching. So I mean, some people might look at that. I would probably look at this um, in that way, which is like, well, it's unstable. It's not good. It's not consistent. Uh, but then, when you explain it a different way, which is he always wants a different player, a different challenge for his players. He, wants, he always wants different voices. Um, if, if you think of him more like more like the CEO of England Rugby, and then bringing these lads in to do a bit of coaching, and when he's got the best out of them, then he gives, then he goes elsewhere. And he's looking at a range of talents as well. So you've had the Australian contingent. If COVID hadn't got in the way, you've had Jason Jason Riles in, who apparently has got a phenomenal background. Well, you've now got Anthony Seabold, who's oh, coming who from, from on, the Rugby League. On that, we got, we got an email uh, on that from... Uh, I'll just check he doesn't mind giving us his name. Yes, Simon Camp, who works... In, he's from Australia, he's from Brisbane. Oh, tell me what... Tell uh, us. He, we got this email a couple of days ago. Contact contact at gmail.com. He said... Uh, I've been following your show right from the start. I pick it up on a Monday afternoon here in Brisbane and listen to it on the way home. Um, so thank you. Um, I just wanted to voice my concerns around the appointment of Anthony Seabold as the England defence coach. He was the head coach at Brisbane Broncos last year, who were one of the tenant clubs here at Suncorp Stadium, where he took them from a team that qualified for the finals every year to finishing bottom last year. Wow. Mm. This year, they've managed to finish one place higher, which for a club like Brisbane Broncos is an almighty achievement and raises a high level of concern for me as the club is a couple of years away from being fixed. He was the assistant coach at South Sydney, so can't really take the credit for that year where they made the final. Eddie is a league boy at heart and loves NRL, but this appointment is at best crazy. I'm passionate. At best? I'm a passionate England rugby supporter and I just can't see how this is going to work. All the best, and if you're ever in Brisbane and want to see a game uh, in one of the best rugby stadiums in the world, give me a shout. Will do. Yeah, I, 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 I cannot wait until Australia would allow such a thing to happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have the All Blacks Argentina and South Africa um, and the Wallabies here on the 18th playing a doubleheader. Oh, that's a, that's a brilliant occasion. Uh, I'll let you know uh, who leaves the cleanest changing room. Thank you, Simon. <laughs> do keep us updated on that. 
Yeah. No, oh, he works at... He, his, his job involves him working at the stadium as well. Oh, mm. Wonderful. Awesome. Oh, there you go. So, just to fuel my conspiratorial mindset about rugby league coaches coming into rugby union, I'm convinced that this is because in rugby union now, particularly English rugby union, we are afraid to, to tell kids and players what they really need to know, which is rugby's a big, hard game, and you need to go and smash each other, and you need to be hard, nasty, and horrible. And rugby league coaches have no problem saying that, in the same way that Welsh coaches have no problem saying that. But English coaches, for whatever it is, rather sit on Zoom and you know discuss, I don't know, helicopter thinking on beanbags, you know, and inclusivity. So I, that's why I think that all of these league boys are so valued by, um, by Premiership clubs because they have been snapped up left, right, and centre. And a lot, and to, a lot of people would say. I can't. I, I look, there might be Leinster fans who once upon a time said, "I can't believe we're signing Stuart Lancaster. He's been an abject failure for England." I don't. I would disagree with that statement, by the way. But mm, with, well, that's going into old conversations. But yeah. you can imagine some people at Leinster saying it, but in a in a different role where he's not the CEO or MD, and he's just one of the one of the team that's executing someone else's plan. People can do amazing jobs. Stuart Lancaster being a brilliant example. Yes, mm. yes. Now, talking of league coaches, do you know who has a lot of league co- coaches? Uh, Tail Sharks. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so we've uh, they have got uh, Jamie Langley, uh, Deacon, and Forshaw. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, one of the most interesting coaching setups that you're ever like li- ever likely to come across. I think it's even more interesting because, of course, Sanson's been here about a year now, and. You'd have thought with a big appointment like like that, with the amount of money they must spend to get to get him there, that he'd want to bring in at least his own people. But I think the most amazing thing that he's done since he's come in is the continuity, and in fact, not just having to bring people in that believe in what he's doing, but getting the existing people to believe in what he's doing. And I think that's actually probably his biggest achievement so so far. We will we'll have a chance to talk about sale in a bit. Yeah. But oh, on, on to Richard Cockerell. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so what, what's your uh, what's your thoughts when it comes to cockers? Um, so I, I, I quite like it. Yeah. yeah, I quite like the appointment. Appointment. I think um, the time probably was right for him to leave Leicester. Um, not not necessarily all down to his own issues. There was a lot of greater issues behind the scenes at, at Leicester. Certainly in the run up to him leaving, he did a good job at Edinburgh. But um, I think he was thin. I, yeah, I think there is something that he pushes people to the edge and not everyone is on board with that um and so he has probably ex- expired his time at edinburgh maybe international rugby will suit him then where it's short yes. bursts. short but it has to be more intense um and the bit that i think it wouldn't worry me but the, there needs to be some clear boundaries in the fact that eddie jones is obviously the headman he has been a headman for for a number of years at, at two big good clubs he is not going in to be the headman he's going in to be one of a team of coaches and that will have to remain clear um and eddie did it with john mitchell who was obviously he was an international head coach in his own right numerous times um prior to joining england um it's something that could go wrong but i don't think i don't think well i i think it will be I think it'll be a good positive appointment. I agree with that, and I, I know it doesn't actually make a huge difference to the job that you do, but it is it's quite nice as an England fan knowing there will be no prouder member of any coaching team anywhere to be doing mm. a job. 
Yeah. Like, you know with Cockers, he's, Cockers gonna, he's just going to love it. Cockers got a checkered England pass, though, hasn't he? Did he not get... Was he not told he couldn't play for England, which is why he went to breathe? Have I made that up? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Possibly. I'm sure he fell out with the coaching staff and then ended up going to breathe. Everyone just loves him up the road here at Old Trafford on that day against New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Squaring I, up to Norm Macdonald during the hacker. So I have to say, I, I, I like the guy. I like people who are of their own mind. Uh, who are of their own mind he is certainly of that I agree with everything you've said about short sharp international bursts it's perfect mm. great yeah I think it'll be good uh, he's going in as a forwards coach but Proudfoot is still there so Proudfoot is a scrum ah. f- scrum focus coach and um, Cox is going in with a forwards focus so I'm not quite sure what the the differentiator is there well. um, but let's see how it all pans out. He's a very, very mm. thorough guy, so I can imagine yeah. Cockers will spend the majority of time at the tw- the thirteen clubs, and he'll spend a lot of time there chatting, just chatting to guys. And I can imagine having someone like Richard Cockrell on the phone that you have regular chats with would be, would be great for the England players. Mm. I reckon he's the sort no, of guy they'll I love. So, as long as they're the actual England players. They can't be peripheral England players. I don't want England coaches calling up people in clubs who are not England players yet. That, that's, that, that's my rule. <laughs> I don't like you it. have to earn the right for, to, to have cockers on speed dial. Pretty much. Yeah. So you can't just be calling like the eighth choice hooker who might be um, you know, qualified for Scotland saying, yeah, I think you're going to be a 50 cap, in, 50 cap international. Please come and play for England. You can't do that. So... There's, there's cool. some thoughts. And, and, and briefly, because uh, I didn't actually watch it, but there, there was some rugby this weekend that you watched, Phil, fortunately for us. Well, I, I, I was on a stag too, so I've only seen the highlights of the game, um, unfortunately. Uh, so, convincing win for New Zealand over Australia. Um, I think Australia scored three late tries to make it look a little bit more respectable. But um, Jordy Barrett got red carded in the 28th minute for a Doggers, Paolo Dogru incident uh, a few years ago where he jumped up to take a high ball, slightly mistimed or misjudged his jump, so was falling back, and as he's falling back, his leg kicked out, and his leg kicked out and caught Corbetti in the face, and he got a red card. And I'm, I'm a little bit torn on this. I'm So he was off balance, and that was what caused his... I don't think he... It was part of his technique to be leading with the leg. He, he was trying to protect himself. Mm. But that did then lead to uh, Corbetti getting a very nasty like, boot in the face at high speed. Um, so I'm torn because it's kicking someone in the head, whether it's take-out intention. If you if you hit someone in the head with, with your boot with any force, that is incredibly dangerous and red card offence. But this is if if he doesn't do that, he falls on his back and head because he's slightly misjudged a catch. And equally, the other yeah. thing that does Corabetti is technically playing him in the air. If Corabetti is close enough to to make contact with him while he's in the air, there is danger from from that side. So I'm, I remember the, the I remember the doggers thing, and yeah. at the time, my thought was. Accid- well, it was just just that fundamental point of occasionally in rugby union accidents happen people get hurt sometimes people get big gashes on their head and that's okay it's not you don't want it but it's okay that accidents happen and when you try and litigate and you, well you can't you can't stop accidents from happening 
in in some respects. No, in no, all, you, certainly not you in can't. all respects. Yeah, and I I would. How do you mitigate this? So, what's so, what's the, what's the coaching so, point? Well, yeah, because it's because he didn't he didn't he, he didn't did misjudge it. the jump slightly deliberately. No, no, and the he wasn't. If it was, and I have seen this in the past where some people have do that like almost like a karate kick to protect themselves but do it every time he's he's not doing that it was a it was a misjudgment that caused his foot to go up to protect himself um and i could i can only i was thinking back to how many of these incidents i've seen i can only recall in the last say five years two of them so i'm actually okay if this becomes if the normal approach for this is to have it as a rugby incident maybe even give it a yellow card but the, in reality, it's well, it, because it's so rare. Calling it a rugby incident isn't going to mean it's going to start to happen more. No, no, not at all. So yeah, it, I'd be, equally, I'd be okay giving it that. a red card isn't going to make it happen less. No, because it's it's totally like what does he do? Like, he's not. It is a, an involuntary reaction because he was off balance. He's not going to stop in future and think, "Oh yeah, I'll just land on my back head because <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm falling over here." So it's it, you're right. This this being a red card. In this instance, I don't think changes anything. Mm. If people were starting to jump with their feet up to protect themselves, then that would be a different thing. But that is that's not what we're seeing. Yeah. So um, it does the red card feels a bit unsatisfactory. But what it didn't did, affect the game though. Well, it didn't affect the game for two reasons. One, New Zealand were miles better anyway. Uh, but two, uh, twenty minute red cards. So um, D Mac came on after a 20-minute break. I couldn't understand that. I was looking at the... So, yeah, of course, it's the new law variation. Yes. So I was looking at the score, I was looking at the subs, like, red card and a substitution. Yeah. I didn't question it, I don't find whatever. The, yeah. You know, sort it out. So they had 20 minutes down to 14 men. Oh, I see. Good, good. And then... Um, but then they had to make a change. The player has well, to change. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, instead so of Jordan he, he Barrett coming back on... But he, he couldn't have come he back He could on. not have come back yeah. on. They have to change the player. Um, so when was the last time that the Wallabies actually beat the All Blacks now? Was that uh, ten, ten games ago? Uh, yeah, a few years. Well, last year. Did they beat them once last year, maybe? Yeah, but it, it, it doesn't happen often. No, it doesn't, does it? Um, it definitely doesn't happen in New Zealand. But um, and This, this, well, this, this was, was in it. Perth. This was in, oh, sorry. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, this was Perth before they, yeah, they moved over to um, to Queensland. To Brisbane. Brisbane yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to... Um, I really hope <coughs> South Africa give them a beating. I am looking. I can't wait for that game. That game is um, going to be awesome. The, one of the things that Australia need to stop doing... I think they've in the three games that they've played against New Zealand, I think they've thrown five intercept tries. Have they? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> stop, stop throwing intercept tries would be tip number one for <laughs> Australia. What goes on? That is there? a coaching point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, is a, that is a coachable skill. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, so yeah, um, some some good skills on on show though. Mm. Uh, Akira Yuani looking good. Um, Will Jordan looking good. Um, David Havili looking good, and Simon Simon Karevi, um for Australia, mm. and Pete Samuel actually came on um, off the bench and set up a nice try for Nick White. Um, some some nice skills and nice. Like, Did Nick White still have the lovely moustache? Has he kept that? Uh, I want to say yes, but I can't actually remember. I, I, yeah, I think he, I'm yeah. sure he does. Yeah, Karevi is one of those players who's such a big, strong boy, but also such a, a quality runner. He can be. He can do the direct stuff and the the skillful stuff. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can we talk about Sale Sharks, huh? <laughs> yes. Let's preview the upcoming season for Sale Sharks. Season number two for Pat Sanderson. So I've just told you what I think about the coaching and what his biggest, biggest, biggest achievement is. You guys tell me what you think about Sale. Well, they're another club, much like Northampton that we were talking about. They haven't done a great deal of business in or out. There's a few players left. Will Griff John's gone to oh, Scarlet's. Yep. Uh, Cardiff, I think. Uh, Was it Scarlet's? Scarlet's oh, is listed on here. Yeah. Um, it's gone to a Welsh region. He's in the so Hobby League. Yeah. So they've only changed, if, if this list that I'm looking at is accurate, they've only changed front rows. Yeah, Jake Cooperley's gone. Simon Morozov in. Morozov has gone. Does that means you've got a new neighbour? Wilgriff John. No. Uh, is he still live there? He's still here. He's still here. Is he? Yeah. I've, I've tried to get him in touch with Phil. Because he's uh, doing a master's in construction. Mm. That's, that's your kind of thing, isn't it? I'll have a chat with him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, three props out. And then Tommy Taylor, Simon, Simon McIntyre and Nick Shonut. So they've got a loose head, a hooker and a tight head coming in mm. as well. A complete new front row. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah, and of course, Tommy Taylor's the interesting one there because I don't necessarily see how he fits in. I'll have, we'll have to catch up with him. He might be a neighbour of one of ours um, yeah. because he was he was house hunting on my road. Um, was he? A few months oh, back. yeah, he said. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's very much a bit of a hometown discount, you know, bring him back, a bit of a statement of intent. I do think there is a change of emphasis at sale. I think they're going to start buying a lot more English soon or English qualified. Nick Shonett. English qualified or South African? English qualified. I, English. I mean, he's very South African. He's, he's South African, he's English South African. qualified. He, yeah. yeah, was he? He was. He was in the English in squad. An England squad, a wider England squad. Yeah, he might may have got a cap. I'm not sure. Well, just, look, he doesn't. His Wikipedia page does not have him capped for England. It does have him playing South Africa under twenties yep. and South Africa barbarians. Do you remember or, his horrendous facial in, injury? Yeah. Oh, makes me makes me that ill. Was, yeah, that was. Well, what was it? A stud? Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, uh, it, it's a good battle for the starting hooker spot at Sale. That's a tough. That's a tough spot. That it was is. a great depth to have. They've got this in a lot of like you. You couldn't really predict what their starting back row is going to be. There's, well, there's quite a lot of positions where you're going. I'm not sure exactly who's going to. Well, in the pack anyway. Well, you know, well, and that's name, a great thing to have. You know who the names are, but you don't know who the selection will be because there's going to be at least one Dupree, at least one Curry. But it could be two curries, one Dupree. See, this way, well, there could be a visa. You're, you're simultaneously wrong and right. There's going to be John Ross somewhere in there. But the guy that the guy that was picked for the Exeter game, and the guy would have guy that would have been picked for the final, and the guy that was picked Neil, for Cam Neild. Cam Neild. Yeah. So yeah. he likes Cam Neild. So there's another man there who you got to mix in. You know, he's got, he's built himself a really nice, a really nice, or rebuilt himself a really nice reputation. At that style. feels quite Saraceny. 
doesn't, doesn't it? it? Yeah. It, it, to have a pack where you can have lots of, you could pick three different packs and they'd all be really good. Mm. Yeah, and Camille feels like he might be fulfilling the different sort, sort of players, but that Jackson Rayroll, the, you know, the club man that you can co- constantly rely on. Not a superstar, not an international, but he's going to get picked for big games. Mm. So I can definitely, I can definitely see that. My, I, I, I enjoy where Sale are going. I think you know I said before what I think about the coaching and what Sanderson has done and how well he's done. I can't get over the fact that I think they're a fundamentally flawed team. I think that everybody in the top four is flawed. I think the salary cap means that you've got to sort of pick your poison mm-hmm. and you've got to be one of a couple of things. And, you know, Sale have decided that they're going to be the team that they are at the expense of other things. Now, I'm not saying that they're not going to win. I'm just saying that when you get to the top of, top of the Premiership, it's all, you've, just got, you've got to have the right matchups and you've got to be on it on that day. All right, so before you say what you think, have, what do you think Sale's weaknesses are? Let's see if it matches up with JB, because we know JB's going to have given this way more thought than you or I. So if they have a, if they have a weakness, what do you think it is? Um, depth in, in the backs, I'd say. Depth out wide. Um, mm. You've got some, some talented players, but um, that, that's where it, my concern would be. Um, and you've got. I'm not sure they figured out the best way to utilise their assets in in midfield. So, yeah. Sam, Sam James should be playing 13, um, but then you've got one of um, Mano or Rohan Jansi von Rensberg to fit in alongside him or push him out. And I'm not. I'm not sure they they figured out the best way to get the, the most out of those three class centres. And, and to follow on from that, you don't really have a replacement for Sam James when Sam James isn't there. That's my there problem, is, yeah. yeah. So if, if you had Rowan and Manu, yep. that, A and B, that, that's, that's pretty good, particularly when you know Manu's not going to play your 22 games a season. Yeah. But, but yeah, I'd sort of go with, go with that. You've got Sam James, but when Sam James isn't out, you, they then change the way they play and go two big boys and... It doesn't feel as seamless as this. Doesn't feel very Saracen-y. Yeah, they were, they were. They changed the way they play depending on the personnel Correct. in the back line. Correct. And you can't replace them with his personnel. Yeah, so and, the, I, and the drop off from uh, I think the drop off from AJ to uh, Robert Dupree at ten is, is substantial. Is big. I mean, Robert yeah. Dupree is actually about a twelve. I, I think. Mm. Yeah, I just think he's. Just don't play him at ten, is what I think. Um, <laughs> well, maybe that's the option to get the. He's the, he's the alternative to Sam James. Yeah, you, you have to. Ball, yeah, you're slightly more ball playing. Twelve instead Wilkinson, of Wilkinson, all these young guys coming through potentially. Yeah, well, Wil- uh, Wilkinson's about um, as is uh, Curtis, who's another uh, ten that they like. Connor Doherty played. Connor Doherty's more of a thirteen. 30 or 12. Yeah, he plays and in the centres a little bit. So interestingly, on Connor Doherty, they like him. They really like him. So he's had some big starts. Mm. Uh, which is very, which is very encouraging to see. Um, the thing about the players is absolutely correct. They're they're not replaceable. So before Manu showed up, you had these two centres who were very very special in my in, in my mind, in Sam James and Ron Janzi van Rensburg. You can't replace them. Mm. You can't replace them. Now, when Doherty came in, he plays a different way, and I think that's really encouraging because he started to get a few, you know, a few minutes, um, a bit of game time, and they're moving away from reliance on just you know the pure talent of of those two. The Manu thing drives me nuts. I've had time to kind of digest this. 
But when you're talking about a team, I don't think it's necessarily healthy to build up one player. And I think Sale were guilty of building up one player. I mean, some of the stuff which was said about Manu was unbelievable. It was, un- you know, uh, they would, you would hear comments like, you know, he's such a brilliant bloke and he's this. I mean, you know, uh, I, I think the comment was, despite, you know, we'd sign him, we'd sign him aside from all the rugby stuff, which, you know, why? <laughs> why? Why would you do that? You know, walks up mountains, all this kind of stuff. Like, and when it came to it, when it was a semi-final in Exeter, I thought he was dreadful. I thought he was playing with too much emotion. I think they built up that that occasion for him too much. And I just think they handled it wrong in general. Now, where I think they're going to go wrong is not necessarily the backs, but when it gets really tough, the guys that carry the ball the most and the guys that are so dominant in the Premiership tend to go a bit quiet. And this will happen. You know, When you get matched up front, it will happen. And I didn't think that they showed up as well as they could have done against uh, Exeter. I think the same thing probably happened a little bit against La Rochelle. Uh, it happens, and you can't you, you know you can't build the perfect team because you've got got because you've got a salary cap. So I think they are flawed, but I think all the top four are flawed, and it's just how they match up on on that day. So that's yeah, roughly I, what I think. I'd, I'd agree with a lot of that, and the 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 Manu the, the Manu problem. It's a problem that Leicester had for years. That he's such he is so talented when you can get the best out of him. The problem is you get the best out of him for less than ten games a season. Yeah. If, if you're lucky, and you have an enormous chunk of your salary cap taken up by him because of what he can potentially do, that that having him limits your squad in so many other ways. That I'm not sure it's worth having he's, him. Um, he's like the poison fruit. Because you got to pay him, you got to you know, you've got to keep keep him around. When he's fit, you've got to play him, and and when you play him, you've got to focus your game around him. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So and the noises that come out of the cell camp about Manu, right? I don't mind saying this. It's um, you know, it's like he's super. It's like he's superhuman. Like he went into the gym and did curls, and his arms doubled in size, or you know something, <laughs> so, you know, something ridiculous like that. Or they and these aren't just you know. Kids, these are hardened pros, and they'll go, yeah, he's he's legitimately an amazing player, an amazing athlete, amazing player, yeah, amazing athlete, mate. passer of the ball, you know, just the 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 total package, and I can, you can see why he'd be so addictive for yeah every, everyone, uh, yeah. whether it be Alex Sanderson or whether it be Steve Diamond or whether it be his teammates or whether it be Leicester Tigers or Eddie Jones or, Eddie Jones or, you know, or Stuart, the, Lancaster couldn't get around. Having Manu and not having Manu, yeah, and that's why Sam Burgess went to the World Cup. One of the reasons why Sam Burgess went to the World Cup because he was he was yes. the al- the alternative. He was the available version of Manu when you put him in a, a centre shirt. It's like if they, it's like they have a, it's like they have a pill which will make them perform really, really well. But ultimately, that pill will then defeat you. Uh, you know, are you better off not taking it in the first place? Yeah, and I kind of think that's what they should. You know, that's the thing with Manu. But there again, imagine if you let him go and he had a whole season for. Worcester. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, but then I bet Leicester was saying that for years. Oh, if if we let him go, just give him four hundred thousand pounds more. Yeah, for one more year. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Gloucester's year next year. Manager's year next year. Manager's year next year. All the time. He's he's potentially that good that you can just get blind. You can I mean, get blinded. He is that, by good. Like, he is that his, good. His performance in the semi-final of the World Cup against New Zealand. Yeah. Like that. That is what, and he's done it for. He's done it intermittently for the best part of a decade now. 
Yeah. He's been he's been so unbelievably good when you get the best out of him. But it's how frequently can you get the best out of him is the question. That that said, I I I I think Sale are gonna do better this year than last year. And I, I really think they are legit big time. I know it's an easy thing to say because they got to a semi final and competed with Exeter really well. I I could I think they'll be right up there with the favourites with Bristol. I think them I I'd put them above Saracens. Yeah, they're not going to mm. lose many games. Even though I've said that they're flawed, they are, they'll be good enough against mm. most people to hide that flaw. Uh, they've got a pack got be, that yeah. will be good enough to, to beat most teams. Yeah. I, I, w- I would be targeting... They've got two packs that would be good enough to, yeah, beat, yeah. Most, to beat most teams. Yeah, I, I'd be targeting their line-out and I'd be targeting their big ball, uh, their big ball carriers. Uh, so with, with if the line-out, exists. Now, now Lude and... The other JP 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 Dupree. Yeah. Although Lude won't be available f- until I don't know November d- d- December. Yeah, good point. Time, but yeah, they have now got the two liner options. They just didn't have a good system, is is my opinion. I think they had they at one point they had a really good system. I think when Bryn Evans was there, um, it worked really well, and then they transitioned away. I mean, you can't just replace a guy like 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 Bryn Evans because. His details and in line, he's basically a coach on the field. Mm. So you transition so away from him. Yeah, and you've gone from uh, who was it? Dan Richmond, who was kind of a bit of a coach's coach, and you've gone over to Dor- uh, Dorian West, and they are very different coaches. And you can see, you know, I think it's a part of was it last year? Was it last season or the season before last? But the lineout went to one of the worst worst, worst in the Premiership because they're trying to change what they're doing. But, the, but also you had a personnel problem where they didn't have a jumping lock for a long period of the, of the yep. time prior to signing JP Dupree and also prior to Lude being fit. Plus, Acker being the primary hooker whose arrows are not always No, and if you, want to, if you want to be running a, a mauling game, right, a strong mauling game, which is exactly what um, what West likes to do, well then, you need a big, you need a big receiver. You know, you can't rely on your um, rely on your uh, system as much, uh, and you get you become more predictable. Because if your main focus, ironically, is winning the ball by going to front and middle continuously, well then you're going to start becoming more predictable, and you're going to win less ball. And then the then you less the less ball that you win, the more conservative that you become. And, and, the, and the less uh, and the lower quality of ball means that the assets you have out w- a bit wider are going to be less threatening. Yeah, yeah. So it's all kind of. But I think they've overcome that now. Actually, I think that was a transitional thing. Uh, I'd have to look at their stats towards the end of last season. But um, yeah, it went it, w- it went downhill, and I think they've sort of recovered from that. But it's still still a weakness. Uh, so so last last year. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go on. Sir. No, 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 no. Go on. Because exactly where, where I was going, exactly where you're going now. So last last year they finished third. Um, and then they had the uh, unfortunate um, uh, journey to go and play Exeter at Sandy Park and obviously lost. Um, so I, I think they still make top four. I think they're, yep. they're not made top four for a long time. Uh, never under Diamond in Diamond's tenure did they make top four. Um, I think they'll make it again um, this, this season. Even though Saracens come in and the team that was below them in the in the top four, Harlequins, obviously won the whole thing last time round. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think they will finish third or fourth. I think they'll finish top. Uh, I, wow. I was going to say I think I think they'll finish top two. Yeah. Wow. So they they will that pack will get them a lot of wins. Just the pack alone will get them a lot of wins. Uh, they need AJ McGinty fit. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, they've got a lot of eggs in his basket. A tremendous amount. Yeah, that that is a good point, actually. In in, in the same way that Northampton have with Dan Bigger. Yes. Yeah, because of the drop off. Yeah. But potentially, if fit and available, they have a flyer half that's there all the time. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, first for me. First, wow. Put it on the whiteboard. Yeah, right, right. Where's the whiteboard? It's, a, really, it's behind there. It's behind your brother's shirt. Yeah, the whiteboard's behind that shirt. Yeah. We'll actually need to put this into a list of. We'll actually need to construct. I'll tell you what we should do. If we got, got no. if we put, if we did the list, I bet we've got four people in seventh, yeah. three people in eleventh. Yeah. yeah, totally. I, I and <laughs> I will, I will change my mind over the next couple of weeks. But before the first week of the season, maybe on the final preview podcast, we should write, write down, down our top four. And write, put it, write down the full. Yeah, write what? down the full table. Put it in an envelope. Oh, seal it and put it in that trophy. Yes. yes. Oh, the, the North Dorset Sevens. Put it in the, the North Dorset Sevens Seven Social Bowl. Yeah, top we'll put our sealed envelopes in there. We'll get a wax, drip some wax on it, and uh, press <laughs> our egg tasters crest on it so no one can open it. <laughs> and uh, and we'll see who we'll see at the end of the season who get who uh, who does best. Great idea. Let's do a quiz. Yes. So Ben Askham has uh, got in touch. Contact deadchasers at gmail dot com. I got we got a few of these to go through over the coming podcast because we have some wonderful listeners who take the time and effort to. Uh, to uh, write, write some quizzes and Ben Askham has submitted a he says I thought I'd submit a quiz as my way of contributing to the summer rugby drought you're a good man and it's it's in the form of the show Only Connect which I'm not familiar with but it effectively involves you have to guess the link between the four clues who in this case are rugby players okay, okay. you get four points if you guess the connection after the first clue three points if you guess it after the second etc oh, okay. etc so we're, we're shouting out Yes. This. So, um, yeah, you can you can shout out on this one. So I'm going to give you the four players, and you're going to have to tell me what the connection is. Yeah. Okay. Question one: the four players: Jacob Stockdale, Johnny May, Charles Olivon. Anyone any, at this point? Not yet. Sorry, this is how I should do it. Jacob. Yeah. So Jacob. So yeah. In the next ones, it'll be four points. Uh, you were not going to get it from me saying Jacob Stockdale. So Jacob Stockdale and Johnny May. Yeah. At that point, you could guess okay. what the connection for this might be. Got yeah. it. Okay. Uh, uh, Charles Olivon, then, if no one's got a guess at that point. So this is the, this one for two points. Um. Uh, Six Nations top try scorers. Correct, Phil Largan. Oh, two points. No. Uh, the final name on that list was Duan van der Merwe. Those wow. were the top try scorers in the Six Nations from the last four years. Jacob Stockdale in 2018, Johnny, Johnny May in 2019, Charles Olivon in 2020, Duan van der Merwe in this year. Do you know, I literally have no idea. Like, my brothers quiz me on rugby um, just to prove that I don't know anything. And they always go like, oh, top try scorer in this tournament. I have no idea who's, <laughs> like, who scores tries. Nothing. I have no idea about that sort of All right, of here thing. we go. This one, question two. The first one for four points, the Brentford Stadium. You can just have a guess. It's, there's, there's no, you're not going to get penalised or excluded. So Brentford Stadium. If you can try and guess what you think the connection between the that and the other ones might be, rugby grounds that are also football grounds. Incorrect. Oh, thank God. I could move on to the next one. Yep. Welford Road. Okay. No guesses? 
No. Um, teams that play in green. Incorrect. Okay, I need to start guessing. Um, okay, so I'll do the third one. I need to get my front foot. I need so to be got more aggressive. Brentford Stadium, Welford Road, and the next one is Ashton Gate. Uh, are they the biggest stadiums in the Premiership? Correct! Oh, nice. Two points apiece. Oh, gosh, the wow. Premiership stadiums with the largest capacity. The final one would be... Do you, anyone, I guess what you think Bell. the other one would be? <laughs> um, Rico. Correct. Or as it's now called, the Coventry Building Society Arena. Yeah. Question, so two points apiece. Question number three. Uh, the first clue is Alan Roland. Okay. Refs aren't French. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> Alan Roland. Okay, I am going to say. Um, what links Re- Alan Roland to? To anything. anything. <laughs> He's a referee. Referees. Uh, is they are all referees, but no, incorrect. The okay. next one, Craig Joubert. So Alan Roland and Craig Joubert. World Cup referees. Uh, uh, World Cup final referees. They refereed ah, World Cup finals. Ah, no. You handed him that one, JB. Damn it. Yes, World Cup final referees. No. Two, 2007 and 2011. 2015 was Big Nigel. Yeah. Uh, 2019 was Jerome Garces, who was the final Garces. one. Question number four. Liam Williams. Okay. Um, uh, house owners in North London. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Williams. Jonathan Davis. Uh, Scarlets have moved moved to moved over, moved away. Uh, Welsh players who are not in Wales. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> uh, Liam Williams, Jonathan Davis, Elliot Daly. L- Lions test starters. Incorrect. I'm going to go for the final one on this. Um, multiple, multiple Lions tourists. Incorrect. Um, they are, but incorrect. Uh, Liam Williams, Jonathan Davis, Elliot Daly, Sean O'Brien. Hmm. Real... Oh, do you try against South Africa? Well done, Phil, for one point. Uh, the sequence of players involved in the Lions try against New Zealand in 2017 so, in the yeah, first test. New Zealand Liam Williams yeah. made the break, gave it to Jonathan Davis, Elliot Daly uh, stormed it, and Sean O'Brien, Sean O'Brien finished, it. finished it off. Hate my life. Question number five. Gavin Henson. Loves of Charlotte Church. <laughs> <laughs> um, rugby players who have done um, TV shows as well. To have done performance dancing TV shows. I'm going to give you that. Oh, I've got... Stri- the- specifically Strictly, Strictly Come Dancing, dancing. contestants. Um, so we have Gavin, the, the clue, the four Austin players Healy, were... Dawson and- Gavin Henson, Ben Cohen, Tom Evans, Ugo Monier. But yeah, of oh, course yeah, you could have mentioned yeah. Matt Dawson and Austin Healy. Yeah. The originals. <sighs> there you go. Uh, quest- F- Phil's storming it. Question number six. Um, Mark Tainton. Okay. Mark Tainton. Declan Kidney. Dio was who coached the team that they played for. Incorrect. Mark Tainton, Declan Kidney, Dean Richards. Um, 
Mark Tainton, Declan Kidney, Dean Richards, Mark McCall. Can't we just be directors of rugby in the Premiership? No. Something about. Something about. Mark McCall. Something that happened while they were Premiership um, DORs. Have they. Have they all Re- broken the laws or something? Broken, are they bad boys? Incorrect. Uh, relegated? Correct. Oh, relegated. Premiership relegated right. DORs. <laughs> Uh, question seven. Light blue <laughs> is the clue. Light blue. The next clue is red. You're going to get it on this next one. So the clues are light blue, red. The next one is mid grey. Same with X-Chief's kits. Red, mid grey. Mid grey. Yeah. And that's the one that we should get oh, it. I thought... uh, is it Lesser Tigers? Something to do Lesser Tigers. No, okay. The, 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 the final one. Light blue, red, mid grey, brown. Oh, Harlequins. Harlequins. JV yeah. there first. Oh, Harlequins quarters. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, by the way, that's not always true because I've got. Oh, no, I haven't. We gave it away. But um, <laughs> the Harlequins quarters do change. I do. Yeah, because some of them aren't brown. Hmm. Okay, uh, I'll do one more. Okay. Um, and we'll go with this one. Oh, yeah, let's go with this one. It's quite good. Uh, White Castle. White Castle. Two Griffins. Oh, badges of premiership teams. That is badges, badges of teams, so Edinburgh would be the castle. White Castle. White Castle, two Griffins, a red rose. International badges. Nope. And three scallops. Three I just scallops. thought this is interesting. I wouldn't have been able to get this, but I thought it was interesting. Three scallops. A white castle, two griffins, a red rose, and three scallops. Who is the white castle? badges. I know the white castle, but I don't know where I know it from. Incorrect. They are... Uh, I'll, do, I'll do one more to finish with, because that's... That, uh, what, what, gonna, what were they? They were the elements of the Northampton Saints crest. Oh. Uh, I didn't okay. know there was three scollops on oh, it. No. Wow, in Northampton, <laughs> where are the like, scollops from? Yeah, <laughs> miles from the sea. Uh, all right, I'll make this the final one then. Issa Nase, Issa Nathewa. Okay. okay, okay, okay. You're welcome to guess if you um, people who have only got one international cap. Incorrect. Issa Nathewa, Brad Barrett. Brad Barrett. Um, okay. People who played internationally for... Actually, no, I'm going to change it. Um, captains of those who've won Heineken Cups. Correct. Oh, Eason no, they were no, Brad Barrett, no. Joe Simmons, and the final one, Antoine Dupont. I really like that as a format yeah. for a quiz. Ben, that's awesome work, that's mate. very good. Thank you very much. And, and we are contacttheadchasers at gmail.com. And the final, oh, final score was 14-3. You can't thank you for keeping score because I did it. You can't go picking up Sam Simmons to feel better about that one, JB. No, <laughs> that was a rout. It wasn't good. Um, it wasn't aggressive enough. <laughs> Get on the front foot. Start guessing. Um, just before we go on, so we're going to go and do Bristol for the final wrap up. We are. Yeah. Um, I was on another podcast. Last week. You were. Is this a school one? Yeah, right in the school. I've downloaded uh, this to listen to on the train tomorrow. Had a lovely chat with Joe Riley, um, Mr. James. Are and you allowed to mention his name? I don't think you are. That's why he's Mr. James. Uh, well, yeah, we'll take that out. <laughs> Just leave, well, leave, leave it. Leave it, it'll be fine. Well, so 
he has asked for a little bit of a plug for some fundraising that he's doing. Of course. So Joe has been diagnosed with HD, Huntington's disease. Really? Yes. Wow. Which is uh, pretty brutal, I think. But he's doing an amazing thing, which is uh, he's running the Winchester Half and he's um, looking for, for supporters. So his Just Giving page is justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Joe Runs Winchester. So if you type in Just Giving, Joe Runs Winchester. And what date is this? Uh, it is uh, 19th of September. So in two weeks' time, he will be running um, the Winchester half. So go on there, and if you can, if you can afford to, um, donate some money because it is... It's a very worthy cause. And I'll tell you what, think of it as, um, well, it's a really worthy cause anyway, but also because you are going to get to, I mean, I haven't listened to this yet. I've, as I say, I've got it downloaded to listen to on the train, but you're going to hear a side of Philip Largan. <laughs> you won't have heard on the podcast before. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> about, really about his, his school, school days. All I know is the photo that Joe posted <laughs> online of you with an, an amazing uh Prepubescent bowl cut. But, yeah, <laughs> I think that is, that is year seven. That photo, so eleven-year-old me. Yeah, I got. I, I told you I got in trouble for my um, writing the schoolies podcast. Yes, you my, did. My, my old headmaster. Oh yeah, it's called me. writing the schoolies. By right, writing yeah. the schoolies. Yeah, yes. sorry. Go on. JB, yeah, how old, did you get in trouble? My old headmaster contacted me and said, uh, "We're a lot different school now." I thought, "Well, I don't. I, I, I can't help you." That's but, not really the point of yeah, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You, you may be a different school, but at that at that point in time, it is a fair reflection of of the school, which is learning just a learning difficulty school. But no, we're not allowed to say that now. Apparently, they're embarrassed of that heritage or some such thing. So I don't know. But yeah, got a got a little thing on Facebook. It's uh, it's not good. Mm. But well, right, right, the right in the schoolies podcast, the one JB's done, the one I've done, and now the one Phil's done. You can uh, delve into the pasts of all three of us. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, so my old school um, is now, I believe, it's like one of the best rugby schools in Wales. In fact, it might actually be the best rugby school in um, in Wales, which is a massive turnaround from when I was playing there. Massive. Mm. Yeah, link, link, link to RGC and all sorts. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's awesome. Very good. Because one of the problems in Wales historically has been that you, obviously the funding for the pro teams have always been in the south. Yeah. And creating pathways for the players from the north. So that that's great. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Mm. Let's talk Bristol. Let's do that. Bristol. Bristol, I... Again, not a lot of business. Spends up, aren't they? <laughs> they, I, I think this is a good side for these. These the fact that the side the sides at the top have had very little ins, very little outs, is great. Yeah, yeah. So so Bristol's outs. Tiale Pietel leaves the club, um, age thirty eight or whatever he is. Um, who was still a very good servant for them. Ben Earls and Max Mallins go back to Saracens. Yes, which actually, is, that's that's significant. They're they're re- reasonable losses. Yeah, they are. They are very talented players um, who were very important to Bristol. Um, and then there's a, f- there's a few people who've come in, but no one really that you'll know or have heard of. Try me. Um, so Tom Whiteley comes in from Saracen, yeah. scrum half. Um, there is Antoine Frisch, the centre, right. I think he is. Oh, from, is from oh Tony. Yeah. Oh, good old Tone. Tony. How is he going to be like... Frishy. He's going to be the first... Or only French player in the in the Premiership. Uh, he is. 
So he's come from Prudidur, hasn't he? And he is a Ruon. Yes. Ru- yes, Ruon. So they did know him. Fair yeah. play. I was just, I'm just going. Yeah, the Frischmeister. Yeah, he's he's actually quite well thought of. Yeah, he came in. It was announced towards the end of that season, wasn't That's it? Right. Yeah. And and who else? <laughs> Try some other names. See if JB knows the others because he knows them both so far. Okay, nailing it. Um, I got this for the quiz. Sam Jeffries. No. Uh, me neither. Um, Joe Cotton. No. Cotton, no. Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> uh, he's coming from from Waratahs. Um, it's Hooker and Theo Strang, who comes in from Melbourne Revels. Rebels mm, as so a they've scrum been half. overseas quite yeah quite heavily. Some some value there potentially from overseas. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing you can say about Bristol is that all the money they spend, they do have a lot of worthless players in the words of Pat Lamb, <laughs> and they seem to make it work. So joking aside, they really do. So. Um, Jake Kerr was one that they picked up, uh, released from Leicester. All of a sudden, he's playing games for Bristol. Henry he, Henry Purdy. Henry, yeah, Henry Purdy. Henry Purdy not playing Premiership rugby. It looks like a crime now. Yeah, he looks like a absolute baller, but he was you know left to languish after what was it? Leicester let him go, and then Gloucester let him go. He went to Hartbury and uh, Coventry. Coventry, yeah, Incredible. yeah. And what what I like about Henry Purdy as well, he's. A big strong boy. He, he's dynamic. He's quick. Got a good fit in him. But he's actually quite a big strong boy. Yeah, and, and he runs angry. His yeah. face is always angry. Yes. Like when he's carrying the ball, he looks like he really wants to break that tackle. Yeah. So yeah, some good value there. Yeah. So yeah, they do that very very well. Are, are they going to step on again? Do you think? No, I don't think they are. I think they're done. <laughs> done. I think wow. Done. Uh, I think we know all we need to know about this team. Uh, I do wonder if the shine of of Pat Lamb is going to sort of come off a little bit now, because for the longest time he's been lauded as a great DOR. He is a great DOR. Let's not beat around the bush. He is a great DOR, but maybe he just wasn't quite as great or all encompassing as we maybe gave him credit for. I think the Ian Tempest incident has really put a bit of a bit of a down a bit of a downer on things there. Not what happened. I don't think that is the downer, but the way it was subsequently handled and the way that they hid behind the re- the review process and the way they didn't apologise to Tempest, and it tells you maybe they're a little bit more um, controlling, shall we say, uh, at, at that level. Um, as for the way that they play, play play rugby, they're flawed. They're flawed in the same way Sale are, in the same way that everyone, uh, that everyone in the top four is, which is they can be beaten. They They could win. They could win the Premiership. But again, you know, it depends who 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 they see and and on what game. Like you know, wasps absolutely destroyed them in in, in a semi final. Then they got destroyed again by Harlequins. The that Harlequins game will take a lot to go over. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there was a point in time towards the back end of last season where Bristol were, in my mind, they were nudging close to favourites f- to win the Premiership. Yeah, and. 28 minutes into that semi-final when they go 28-0 up in the semi-final. They're scoring a point a minute in the semi-final. You can't is, possibly lose it from there, can you? Yeah, no one could. Like, no I, was, one I was certain before the game that they were going to win that game against Harlequins. Who only, they, they were fourth place and they were, they were well fourth place yeah. as well of the top four. Um, and then they got absolutely destroyed by Harlequins in the subsequent... Uh, it went to extra time, didn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, you might argue that both the teams that have beaten them in the semi-finals have not been particularly great teams. 
Quinns are an interesting one. Obviously, we'll go into a lot more detail next year. Quinns, their top end talent is amazing. Yep. Um, and when it clicks, as it did in both the semi final and the final for them, Quinns are a, a genuine amazing team. Well, you just described be... Bristol with that with that same sentence. The, their yeah. top end talent is incredible. Their top end talent is incredible. Um, I mean, <laughs> Sir Charles and, and Semi are two of the most talented outside backs in the world. So I think they've got less chance of winning the Premiership than Sale, but I think they've got more chance of going far in Europe than Sale. I mm. think their style of rugby actually means that they have something else to offer. In fact, they might be the most successful team in Europe of the English teams ne- next year, would be my guess, uh, because of the, the way that they play and they can do something a bit different. And I don't think you're going to get much change out, out of La Rochelle, Toulouse, Claremont playing, you know, well, Saracens won't be playing, so we don't, don't need to don't need to worry about them. But I don't think Sale Sale will be able to do that, or even maybe Exeter. Maybe Exeter will hold their own again. Exeter, I think Exeter can do. They've they've proven in the past it, that they yeah. can do it. But it's a big ask, and it's a it's, bad matchup. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm interested to see how they react to that to that loss because they never should have lost that. They should have been in the, in the final. Yeah, I. There is an element, though, that if you're in the top four every year, like they are, you shouldn't really worry because eventually it has to fall in your, it fall in your favour. It has to eventually. Yeah, and their their top end talent, they don't really need to beat Worcester or London Irish, nope, or Newcastle. They need it to win knock knockout um, competitions, and they don't. Well, they haven't the last couple of years. There again, okay. Look at the best team in the country for the last decade. Um, and I can't include Saracens in this in the in the in the Premiership, but that 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 be Exeter, and even they're inconsistent when it gets to the playoffs. Playoffs are tough. It is it it is hard. If if the Premiership was a league, right, Bristol could win it. Bristol probably would win it, but it's not a league. Well, yeah, and the reason why the reason why we are talking about Bristol now uh, is because they finished top of the league. But then did not get through to the final. Yeah, so they they won the league in the league format comfortably. Yeah, they they might get a little little plaque saying top of the league, but they didn't win the whole thing, which is what you need to do. Mm. So I don't. They they do do some very nice things. I think they'll be top two. No, because that means Exeter can't be top two. So Sale are going to win it, I've yeah. that, which means it's going to be Exeter or Bristol. I think Bristol win more league games than Exeter. Uh, hmm. so, so last year they, they both won 17 games, but Bristol got more bonus points, yep. admittedly only by one, and Bristol got one draw. I'm trying to work out whether I'm slightly... It's because I'm slightly desensitised to Bristol a little bit, whereas two years ago... The way they played was so incredible and refreshing and stuff. And now I've just that's the new that's the standard now. And yeah. so I'm kind of where your head's at, JP. I'm sort of going. I'm wondering if they can keep stepping on and keep going, or whether the wheel will just come off a little bit. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much, but I'm confident. I, I think they're going to. M- I don't think they can. I don't think they can replicate what they did last year because the league is going to be so competitive and other teams are better. And last year there was such a huge gap between the teams lower down that those, well, particularly those top three, just took themselves miles away. 
I, I think it'll be a lot more spread. So I think you could, I, I could see Bristol dropping out of a top four. I, I could equally see them finishing top. They will definitely be right up there, no I, doubt. Yeah, I, I think they will finish top four still. Yeah, I, I think they'll have a, a massive point to prove. Sale, this year. Bristol, Exeter would be my top three in that order. And then who makes up your four? Worcester. <laughs> um. With Bristol, so they've got some powers that will be still really, really good, but will are on the way down. Dave Atwood, John Arfoa, etc. Some key key men, but they've got others that you know. We're talking about Max Malin's leaving. I think we could be looking back in a year's time and going, "My God, what a year Johan Lloyd had!" Yeah, yeah. To step into that hole left by Malin's because he does look like that kind of player as well. Mm. Agreed. Uh, and his brother's going to be even better. So I hear. Yeah. Um, I'm Lloyd. He needs he, he needs more game time because he, he has he has the outrageous skill set, but he needs to get more stable and secure with it. Because he his 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 skill set is ridiculous, but he also does some uh, unusual or odd things. Well, we, with the situation where Wales fly halves, Wales are going to need Callum Sheedy, so I think they might see him as a. That's the backup, ten, backup yeah. ten option. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, it's, this has got to come to head soon with Wales. I mean, they've got both their fly halves there, both their future fly halves. I wonder if there can be an accommodation. Say, look, you can have one of them, but <laughs> we need we need one of them back. Yeah, and you know they can do one of those weird deals they did with Thomas Francis, where it's not really a new deal; it's just an extension of an old deal, or whatever you can do to, you know, come to an agreement where they keep. I mean, it's not fair. For a start, they develop these lads, and then we'll say, actually, yeah, we just want them, thanks. Mm. So, yeah, hopefully there can be some some something, because otherwise, I'd hope that Mr. Lansdowne throws money at them until they stay. Mm. And that'd be worrying, because once one person has done it, decided to forego international honours for money, uh, you know, you don't know where that might um, might, might end. Mm. Bristol have got everything, everything they can have, to succeed, they've got. I, I, you look at their pack and go, could they potentially a couple of injuries and they could. But then, like you say, they've managed to make players that other people yeah. would look past perform really well. Yeah, and then they brought in someone like Fitz Harding last yeah. season oh, after he's a couple class. of injuries, and he looked brilliant, just effortlessly fitted into that system. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, they're, they're going to do all right. I, I, I think Bristol will definitely be top four. Yeah, I agree. So I found there, just thinking about Bristol a little bit deeper, um, I found that game against Sale their most interesting game last year when they lost. And I found it interesting because they went away from what they did. They want, they were so determined to be you know, harder than Sale that they actually didn't play very, very, very much like Bristol, which uh, I, I don't know why they decided to do that. But I wonder if they'll look back at that as like a bit of a turning point in their in, 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 entire season because they went away from what they should be doing mm. yeah anyway. yep so Bristol give me second we all agree with that definitely top four definitely, definitely I, I, top four I maybe have them third behind but, but I'm, I I think extra and Saracens I know you, t- you two mad. are a bit more down on Saracens but Saracens will still be in my mind Saracens will still be an incredible outfit and you're you've got them um Third. Third. Extra second. Haven't decided. I think Sale will be top two. Mm. And Bristol, it could be Bristol Sale top two. I, d- I don't know. I, I, that, that's where I am at the minute. I'll, I'll review and like I say, we'll, we'll cast our official votes 
uh, next week. Yep. Mm. Uh, when we look at the final two teams in the Premiership, uh, he's at Jay Beardmore uh, on Twitter. We're at Rugby Podcast. Contact eggchasers at gmail.com with your emails and patreon.com forward slash eggchasers for your support, which uh, you can also show us just by hitting subscribe, just hitting one little button uh, so that every podcast gets downloaded automatically to your phone, whether it's a Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, I, uh, Acast or Spotify or anything else. You smiling there, JB? Yeah, yeah, I'll, right? I'll, I'll tell you straight after. <laughs> I can't wait. Right. With that in mind, let the boys play. <laughs>